All right, we are now live with Andy Baskin. <laughs> Not live like your radio show, though. Just was, live having fun. That's yeah, all. for sure. Um, so I obviously got in contact with you through Mark Johnson. Um, Great weather guy who really, really cares about it more than anybody I've ever met. Yeah. And he's, you know, the thing about him is that he really wants to connect with everybody. Like he wants to be your personal forecaster. He's not joking. And so when social media started to boom, he really ramped up. I mean, he's got like, I don't know. Do you know how many followers he has? He has like, isn't it? It's like 250,000 or something like that. So he he has 250,000 and the network that he works for, the people that sign his check have like 50,000. So, I mean, he's smarter than the people that he's working for. Yeah, no, really. And he... He, he, he says he almost gets himself in trouble sometimes being like a conflict of interest. They don't ever say he's going to like get in trouble or anything. But well, he's it's like, free pub for them. I mean, it's crazy. true. But, you know, he's almost creating himself as his own brand now where. Well, they won't do a brand for you. They don't care. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. No, I know. They're not going to brand anybody. Uh, one of the things about one of the things is that you don't. I think if you're in the business side of local news that you don't want your talent to be bigger than the station because you don't want to pay them. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And so Mark is way bigger than the station. I, I'll he say is. it. I oh, mean, they'll, they'll never say it, but Mark is the reason why I would say 50 to 60% of the people watch their news. Yeah. They don't do like much branding or anything. Cause I look at, and again, we're not dissing, you know, the studios or anything, but like when you look at it, like Danita Harris is one of the lead anchors there now. Right. And she has like, I don't know, like 10,000 followers. It's like, you know, they don't, they don't, obviously it's not about them. It's about. Well, Danita works hard. I mean, I I mean, just haven't worked with her, but I just think Mark is bigger than the station. He really is. is. And they, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Mark, how in this new media world, what happens to Mark somewhere down the road. I just, I mean, he gets it. He understands it and he wants to be there for you and doesn't always have the backing of people you think would want to back him. So. Yeah, he was telling me, I don't know if you heard, the one day he was like, um, I had a direct message, people like group message, someone messaged him, and it was like the like the CEO of one of these companies, Subway, CEO of Subway was like, hey, can you give me a retweet? Like, I need it for marketing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I get those two every once in a while. It's, really? it's interesting. It's um, That's where you wonder where the conflict of interest is, and then if someone in your account exec who has Subway there walks up to Mark and says, hey, can you do this? Then in the newsroom, that becomes a conflict of interest because in some world, um, news doesn't think that money makes the world go round. And it's crazy, but it's interesting because sports has kind of deviated away from that where you can say brand names while you're doing sports. And it's okay to take money there, but it's not okay to take money during weather. Or it's weird. It's, yeah, or you can slap a sponsor logo on a graphic in weather but for him to be able to go out and do that, the, the the conflict of interest is defined by the company that you're working for. Let's just put it that way. No, it is true. What's what's cool about him is that he gets he gets to do like that wine segment. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, that's like one of his too. favorite things. He does a ton, a ton of stuff with Petites too. I mean, he is Mark is a super talented guy. Yeah. Super talented. Way more beyond weather. But when it comes down to it, Mark cares about cares about the viewer. Yeah. And. He wants to make sure that you're prepared. I know a lot of people would say like, oh, he's scaring me. No, he's not scaring you. He's telling you. And like, well, there are a lot of times when, you know, let's just say there's a, a bad weather event in Menor. 
and somebody from Avon Lake would be like, I don't care. That's not here or vice versa. But if it was your family, you'd want to know. Sure. So I just think it's interesting. It is weird. Um, but yeah, he'll, he'll say how he gets a lot of people like from, from random cities you never thought would be, are like his biggest like viewers, like, um, Barberton, like by Akron over there. Yeah. But someone's got to care about him and that's why. Yeah. And Mark cares about Barberton. Mark cares about every, every place that Mark is on, Mark cares about. I'm not kidding. No, he's like, not. and if you call him and say, not that I'm recommending this because his day would go crazy, but if you're, well, I'm put it this way. If you're listening to a podcast, you're probably not calling him anyway. Yeah, true. <laughs> but if you tweeted at him or you hit him on his Facebook page, um, he will respond. I mean, the, the funny thing was when we first started doing Twitter, we had a race to 10,000, the two of us. We wanted to see who could get – we were just sitting at dinner. I go, I wonder if we can get to 10,000 first. <laughs> and I got stuck at like seven, and then boom, he went to 10, and now look where he is. I'm sitting at like, I don't know, 30-something thousand Twitter followers and um, on two sites. I've got Baskin and Phelps, and then I've also got Andy underscore Baskin. And, you know, the way he did it that was different than I was like – I wasn't following everyone back. Yeah. And Mark follows everyone back. Yeah, he does. But you got to get caught up because a lot of those are fake accounts. And you sure. Gotta, you got to be smart. So. Yeah. And he, it's crazy. Like, I, you know, I've never seen him obviously do before he gets on the weather, how he is right. until I went to go do the podcast with him. Right. And even when we started the podcast, like we were just talking normal like this. And the next thing you know, he goes, boom, right into Mark Johnson. Like, right. Like, yes. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> like he's all like hyped up and like, it's crazy to see how awesome that is that he can do that and how skilled he is. It's passion. It really yeah. is. It's passion for him. Yeah. I mean, you can't be on 24 seven. No, but That's you're a natural at it too, though. Like you just got off your show. Yeah. But I like, I mean, this is a much more relaxed atmosphere where I'm not pressed to hit a commercial time or I'm sure. not pressed to talk about something that maybe is a subject that you're not a thousand percent comfortable with. Cause that happens too. I mean, you, you know, you've got to talk about something because it's important and you do your research and you feel like you're comfortable enough to talk about it, but still there are just some things you're not comfortable with. Like I'll give you a prime example. We, we started talking about LeBron James kid and the kid's 14, 13 years old. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of talking about 13 and 14 year olds and their future, but LeBron keeps putting them out there. And so you're like, Okay, if you're trying to figure out why LeBron's going to go to Los Angeles, it is a family decision, and now you're kind of thrusting your kids into that situation. I know Jeff and I both are, like, we're hesitant to talk about our kids to an extent. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we're both proud. I'm, Jeff and I, when we're not on the air, we're talking about our kids, and we're talking about youth sports all the time. Because between him and, and, and myself, that you've got Jeff's kids and my kids play baseball, uh, golf, lacrosse, I'm trying to think of what else his kids play. Soccer. And then my kids are playing lacrosse, hockey, um, and what's it, baseball, softball. I mean, and they're playing all that stuff. And it's just like, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about what you would think two fathers would talk about. And it's their kids and development and crazy parents and coaching. And, cause, you yeah. know, we both have done it all. It's sports, but it's different than what you talk about on air. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's more I, relaxed. I could easily do. Like, I, I wouldn't mind doing a podcast just on youth sports. Like, we've talked That'd about it all the cool. time. Yeah, but we don't, like, we don't get the opportunity to do that while we're on the air here because not everyone's involved. And it makes sense. I mean, yeah. you know, it's if you don't have kids, you just you don't get it. Even though if you were a kid that played, you may get some aspect of what we're talking about. But there is just something to be said about how different sports now, 
in 2018 is compared to the way it was in 08, compared to the way it was in 98 or 88 or 70. What would you say is the big differences from um, like we, the 2008? Uh, well, we went from a society that let kids play sports all day during the summer when you let your kids go to the park yeah, and play. Yeah, I grew up on that pretty much. Yeah, and we – okay, so, I mean, I grew up in Cleveland Heights, and we would go to Kane Park every day. Some kids went there and played basketball. We played baseball because the field was open at the end of the – at the end of the hill, and we played baseball there all the time. And, like, all the streets in my neighborhood pretty much had kids that played baseball together, and we played as a street. And it wasn't about – and then we had a Little League. Kids would play Little League, but, you know, no one was talking about, oh, man, we're going to play against Shaker tonight, which, by the way, borders Cleveland Heights. Yeah. Now I look at my daughter's softball team, and we're all over the place. We're all over Cuyahoga or Summit County or trying to get into a tournament here or there. And that's nothing compared to hockey. Like with hockey, we're all over the place. Last year, my kids played in Buffalo, South Bend, Michigan, Erie. Uh, I mean, so we're all over the place. You know, it's crazy. And when I was a kid, we would play hockey and you played. And the, all these cities had great house leagues. So you would play. We would have five teams or six teams of like 15 kids each. And one team was the North Stars and one team was the Sabres and one team yeah. was this. And then they would take the, the best of those kids and they would travel. But their only travel was Shaker, Kent, um, Garfield. You know, they weren't going too far. And then if you were really good and you had a chance to be elite, there was a team called the Americans. And those guys were elite for our area, but not really that elite compared to the rest of the, you know, if you went to Canada or you went to Michigan, those kids would still have to fight a lot harder to be good hockey players. So, um, things have really changed as far as just being and how expensive it is. That's another. Yeah, problem. that's so crazy. It all gets crazy. So, I mean, I'm not even a parent yet, but I know how much things, you know, more has gotten expensive for sports. Like, it's insane how much people pay now. Like, even uh, my girlfriend's brother, he's in band. And like, even then, like they he goes to Firestone and acting. Right. And, like, you know, they're, like, a, a big band. So what they have to do is they have to travel and they have to, like, compete and stuff. And every single time he has to pay, like, $700 a season to, like, you know, accommodate for all these traveling that they're right. doing and all the hotels and the buses. Oh, I didn't even talk about hotels. I haven't <laughs> talked about equipment. I haven't talked about hotels. I haven't talked about fees. Right. We haven't talked about – I mean, we're just talking about being on a team. Like, right. I, I'm looking at my daughter's softball team. We have three sets of uniforms insane and it's just like all this stuff and it used to be you got a jersey go out and buy a pair of pants and make sure you got a glove yeah and like rec baseball and yeah. stuff when i was yeah rec sports when i was younger it was just like the only thing you had to worry about was like your initiation fee and then the jerseys and if you played for the city it probably wasn't more than 50 or 60 bucks correct somewhere there. yeah but obviously that wasn't traveling which is right. a whole nother level um but did you play sports yeah i played up? everything i played football did baseball you, basketball hockey did you ever think that that was like what you wanted oh, to like do um I knew there was an end of the road at some point because my brother was a better athlete than I was. No, I, I take that back. My brother was a different athlete than I was. My brother was really cerebral, um, consistent, um, was a good pitcher. And, like, I could play anywhere else. I probably had better – I was probably stronger um, and a little bit crazier than my brother. And, um, you know, I never thought I was ever – I don't know. I just – I, I never walked away from a sport saying I'm going to be in the NHL or I'm going to play yeah. baseball. I just, I never, those weren't my dreams. My dreams were to, um, I, I think I always wanted to do this. I always wanted to do radio. I always wanted to be 
on the radio. And it started off with being at 92Q, which is now, uh, which is now 92.3 The Fan, yeah. which is crazy. So it was 92Q. It all comes back to <laughs> Everything came back to where it was. We used to be in Cleveland Heights, and we were down the street from where I grew up. And I walked in with a resume one day, and the only thing I had done was taking some broadcasting classes at Kent. And um, I was installing lawn sprinklers <laughs> and working in a movie theater. And I met a woman named Dawn Pierce, who was the news director, and she was looking for an intern. And I just got really lucky. And so I started interning there. And then, um, I mean, my story is kind of crazy when I started there and then got hired there because they fired someone because people get fired all the time on radio. Really? It just happens. For like controversy or like well, just not the reason I got hired as sales or something? I, I got hired as the assistant news, assistant um, promotions director. Um, there was an altercation between two people that were actually dating in the studio. Hmm. And there was a broken window, and it was oh, it was <laughs> pretty crazy controversial. Thing. But they needed someone to be the assistant promotions director the next day, and so I was like, and I was there for the summer, so they trained me. And I think if I would have graduated, I probably would have had the job. But that's not what I wanted to do. Sure, I wanted to do sports. I wanted to, uh, I, I, or be a jock, or I just wanted to do something like that. I love my journalism classes at Kent, and so um, I was at ninety two Q, and then they fired everybody. Came in one day and just fired everybody. Wow. And uh, I was good friends with Mark Nolan at the time, who was at Channel 3 at the time, and now he's at 19. Um, and Mark was working at a station in Warren, WRRO. And Mark said, hey, I'm going to do something else. Do you want to pick up my shifts? I'll tell my boss. So I was driving from Cleveland Heights to Warren every weekend. Must have like a 40-minute drive. Yeah, and it was crazy because working here was more than that. Because oh. there's no freeway access sure. from Cleveland Heights. And so I think um, – we started off, I went from 92Q and we were all digital. I mean, we were on CD and all you do is punch a button and you were on the air. And if you wanted to play a, a song, you just played a song and you were just good to go. There, I was spinning records. I mean, it was oh, really? really old school. <laughs> and you know, it was just, it was really challenging. And then, um, but it was fun, but it yeah. was getting hard. I was bartending too at a place called Norton's in Cleveland Heights. And, um, and then I got a call. I ended up moving out to Montana. So I lived out there for five really? years. And then I was back in Columbus for five years. I worked at Channel 10 there. Well, how is Montana? Is Montana it, was awesome. It was is gorgeous. It beautiful? problem with Montana is you just can't eat the mountains. You know, you can't make any money out there. Yeah. No, and it was hard. I had great friends when I was in Montana. and I had a great time, and it was a lot of fun. And um, I really enjoyed it, but um, it was just it was too hard to make money. I got to do a lot of really cool things and cut my teeth and learn how to be a part of the business and make mistakes and um, really learned a lot, met a lot of great people. I was out there. Mistakes are so important to make. I still make them every day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone does. does. Yeah, <laughs> it's how you learn, though. It's really how you learn. Um, but then, so you got to Channel Three, and then so when did this start? Because I've listened to you know Bassman and Phelps. But yeah, so we've been on seven plus years, and in the beginning it was just weird because I was you know I was full time at Channel Five, and I was sports director at Channel Five, and. Um, and I wanted to do more. I wasn't doing anything in the morning, you know? And so, uh, this kind of just kind of came to fruition. I was friends with Alan Fee, who was at Q104. And, um, you know, I knew some other people over here, Dave Popovich, our like program director for our other stations. Then I met Andy Roth, who's currently running our station and Andy. And, you know, I, I look at the originals and the originals were me, Andy, uh, Adam, and, Trying to think of the original full. I mean, because even Phelps didn't come in until the week before we went on the air. Really? Um, I auditioned probably with ten other guys, 
and um, and I didn't even audition with Jeff, which is weird. But we had done television together for a long time, and Andy thought it was going to be the right mix, and Andy was right. So, so wait, television at where was Jeff at with you? Jeff was Jeff and I worked at Fox Sports Ohio for forever. okay. So I was at Fox Sportsnet. I was at Fox Sportsnet for six years, and then I was at Channel Three for one year, and then I was at Channel Ten or Channel Five uh, for ten years. Gotcha. So it's kind of yeah. I was at Channel. 10 in Columbus for five years and channel five in Cleveland for 10 years. So we're somewhere or another that. <laughs> yeah. That's all it's all out. confusing. Yeah. But um, like when you were growing up, since you've always would kind of wanted to do the radio, I'm sure there was like influences, like who was like your person that you would listen to and be like, this is kind of what I want to do. Oh, uh, never specific. My brother and I used to listen to Pete Franklin all the time. And um, we would, I'd, I'd sit in the basement with my brother and my, my brother was just so cerebral. I mean, he, uh, he just, he loved sports. He was, you know, he was, he was kind of a sabermetrics guy before I ever met a sabermetrics guy. Um, and, you know, we'd sit in the basement and we'd listen. And uh, I, I'd say that part of my influence for sure was Pete Franklin. Like without Triv has got to be one. There's there's no way Triv's not. Um, Triv broke a lot of molds in this town and man, I appreciate Triv. And I, I see, you know, once I started doing this on a daily basis, you start to realize that, you know, Triv really broke ground in this town in a way that, that I, I don't know that anyone else in my lifetime has. You know, Pete was Pete was the the godfather of sports talk radio, and Triv was a guy that was able to get through and become Mister Know It All, and then ended up you know at NCX, and you know what he's been able to do at TAM is pretty amazing. And then and, and I just have a I have a ton of respect for him and and what he's been able to accomplish and the people that have been around him and the diehard listeners that yeah. have stuck with him, especially on AM radio. Yeah. The, which I, really that's struggles. the only time I, any, I hear anyone ever listening to AM unless the Indians game is on there when a Cavs game was on. Right. <laughs> it's the, or vice versa, whatever. But that's the only time I ever hear my uncle, he like blasts his radio in his car all the time. Yeah. And it's like AM is Mike, Mike trips on the only time, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, trips on FM, but I mean, I, I listen to Mike now, and, you know, I'm just like – Oh, I thought man, he was he on, says, he's he says not one of the ones on AM at all? No, he's on AM. Okay, yeah. got you. No, but I'm saying he had time. He, he sure, sure. On FM. Um, but, I mean, I listen to what he what he does and how he – just his, his way with listeners is, is intriguing to me and, and educational as a guy that does this for a living. So um, – and I just have a ton of respect for him. And the, the things that he does for the community, the Coats for Kids stuff is just – it's off the charts. and. You know, there's a guy that cares and he cares. So, yeah, I love that there's a lot of like broadcasters and, you know, sports talk people or, or influencers anywhere here that, that really do care about the city. You know, like some cities you could flip it on. Like, I, I feel like I wanted to mention Tom Hamilton anyways. Yeah, him is awesome. Too. Right. But I, I feel like when I turn on a different baseball like game feed or anything like that, when it's not the Indians playing, like sometimes they're like, just too bland and like it doesn't seem like they're really into it you know even though they might be right. but the the thing i guess we're just spoiled with with our announcers here. oh usually. i mean hammy's great i mean hammy is you know i, I was uh, you know, really lucky to get to travel with him for six years when i was doing the indians pre and post game show and um he's just super guy you know worked in columbus too um, I remember those were like the first couple of conversations um, that I had with him and was the voice of the Clippers before it was the voice really? of the Indians. Um, and I mean, you want to talk about somebody with passion, with caring, with just, just a good sense of what it means to be a good human being. 
that's what Tom is. Tom's a lot more than what you hear on the radio. Yeah, you and, can tell though. Um, man, I mean, you talk about just somebody who cares about people, and you know, my relationship with Tom. You know, I haven't talked to him much over the last couple of years just because he's doing baseball stuff. But I mean, there, you want to talk about a guy that's worth caring about? Tom is a guy who's worth caring about beyond what he does on the air. He's just genuinely a good person. Yeah, and, and his heart is is really big. I've always thought like. If there was one person like locally that I wanted to meet, it was always Tom Hounds. Cause I'm like a huge Indians fan. Like if right. there's anything that's like my biggest thing, I was at like 15 games last year. It was like insane. What's weird about 2016 is I only went to like three games. So maybe I should go to less games and go to the World Series again. Maybe as long as you're partic- participating. <laughs> I mean, it's not always about being at the park. It's about maybe just watching or oh, for listening sure. or or. Or being a part of it, you know, baseball was always. I loved baseball as a kid, and I just, I still love baseball. But things just change, and it's, it's weird. I, you know, Andre Knott does what I used to do now, and I listen, um, I listen to Andre, and I listen, and Andre does a great job, and they've added a lot of things with Andre once Andre got the job, and I, and Andre's ability to get the most out of players is phenomenal. But when His you're relationships, in, yeah, when you're in that, I mean, I was in that same position, and. Um, it's amazing to me how quick a baseball team can change quickly. It only takes three seasons, two seasons and guys that you've become great friends with, um, are gone before you know it. And it was weird. Cause I was watching, Oh, I was watching a spot on Fox, Ohio, and they showed CC Sabathia's home run in Cincinnati. And I think it was Oh three. And I was at that game. I covered that game and talked to him after it. And, um, it was just seemed so weird because it felt like it was just yesterday. And I'm like, Man, has CC been in the league a long time? Yeah, and I've been out of it now for, I mean, I haven't done day to day in uh, eleven, like twelve years. Wow. And you know, I did one hundred and fifty around one hundred and fifty games a year for six years, home and away. And it's a much different life. It's just, you know, and the guys on the team trust Andre because Andre's on that plane and Andre's with them every day, and so he sees the struggles, he sees what they're going through. It's why Tito can trust him. It's why those guys are there. And, um, and that's what makes Andre really good at what he does too, because he's gained the trust and he has fun and he has fun with the guys. It's, I'm telling you, Andre has the greatest job on earth. It's a lot of fun yeah. to be a sideline guy doing baseball and being around those guys. Hard part is you have a lot of friends. I mean, like I, I've got all these guys from, you know, uh, God, when did I stop? Oh, seven from 2000 to 07. I've got a lot of old phone numbers in my phone, David Risky and, um, Matt Miller and Casey Blake and a lot of the guys that people forget about. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I made really good friends there. And Eric well, Wedge, no one forgets about Casey Blake. I mean, he, he was, he was kind of, you know, he's kind of good here. So yeah, there's some people. And then where did he go game. on to? He went to, I forget. It was the Dodgers. Yeah. yeah. Dodgers when it was said and done. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, that's very interesting. I was just thinking about the other day, how random it is that we had Carlos Boozer here at one time. Like I was like. A Boozer of, uh, I wonder what it would have been like if Boozer would have stayed. I mean, that's what I think a lot of people. Because he left like when? Uh, he would have been oh, 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 oh five. Yeah. Oh four, oh five. Um, yeah, he really screwed over a blind man. Is what he did. I mean, what Carlos did was horrible, and I don't know that. I don't Carlos, really. I was younger, so I don't remember oh, the exact. So experience. Carlos, um, Mr. Gunn wanted to give Carlos. Carlos was a second round draft pick, and was a, a double-double guy every night. And remember, they brought in Drew Gooden because they thought he could do the same as him. Sure. And, you know, LeBron was here. This is before Dan Gilbert. And Mr. Gunn wanted to give him the right 
contract for a situation. And I don't know if it was all on Carlos, but I mean, he, he, they did a handshake deal to break open his contract so that they could renegotiate with the Cavs. And Mr. Gunn was warned, don't do it, don't do it. And then all of a sudden his agents started shopping him. Mm. And, you know, the guns did it. Uh, Mr. Gunn did it out of the goodness of his heart because he, he thought he, did, more money. he deserved more money for the what he was giving this team based on being a second round pick. And Carlos took off and to went to Utah. Utah, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, and, and who knows? A lot of people said that his wife had a lot to do with it. And now they're divorced. So, um, but it's, it, it's an interesting play when you see an owner try to do the right thing by a player and then the player burns them. And you're like, yeah. wow, I can't believe that. So then you wonder, you know, who trusts who in these games? And it's all about making money. It's a business. It's yeah. like they say at the end, it's a business. I think it, it's, yeah, I, it's crazy to see how many people are, well, it's not crazy. It's it's awesome to see how many people are motivated by family. And, like, usually family is the reason behind things. Like, I think they said when LeBron came back, it was, like, Savannah who wanted to come back. A lot of people say that yeah, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And if that's the case, we all won. We all benefited. From oh, it, for so. sure. Yeah. And, you know, like my thought on the whole situation now is like, you know, that's for his after career. I'm sure you guys have said that millions of times now. Is that like, why he made this move? Yeah. I think it's obviously it's for contending now. But yeah. at the same time, like he can make all these movies and make more money. He could do it here. I don't know what the money situation sure. would have been. He could. I mean, he could say, but I said this a zillion times. There was nothing sexy about him staying here. Yeah, and for a guy that wants to be in the limelight and wants to uh, be a, a international icon, it's easier to do it from Los Angeles than it is from Cleveland. So, um, you know, good luck to him. We'll just we'll we'll see how all this plays out. We, there's there's good and bad things to having LeBron on your team. The good is that you went to four straight finals and you won a championship. And I don't know, that kind of trumps all the bad. Yeah, all the drama that came. There's a lot of drama. With hap- yeah, with and hap- LA is drama town. So. It's perfect for them. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> now that they got JaVale McGee, it's over. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, it's, it's over yeah. now. And now that LeBron's gone, Jetty Osmond can step up and be the franchise guy. We can watch him play now. <laughs> we can quit complaining about him not playing. Actually this is true. I've, we all wanted to see him. And then I guess we'll see what Rodney Hood's going to do, too. I, I don't know who they're going to trade and who they're going to keep and where they're going to go. I, I don't think – I honestly – I think I probably bet everyone in the sports world hopes differently, but I honestly think – I hope they keep – Kevin Love. Yeah, that was a big topic today on our show. Was, really? You know, I want them to keep Kevin too, but if they think that they're going to be better off in the long run, I think one of the problems the Cavs have with a hangup is the trade with Atlanta and the protected top 10 picks. And, you know, you, you, it's a hard line. Like if they had the picks and they knew they were going to be there and there was no compensation for Kyle Corver on the line, and you just, you, you wonder how you play out, and a lot of people are saying go ahead and tank. But you know, we were talking about the Bulls today. Bulls, after Jordan left, went six years without making the playoffs, and they've only made the conference finals once in the last 20 years. So, where are you going to be? What's the best option? Can you find a guy if Kevin Love wants to stay? Are you going to be able to do better? That's what I keep asking myself. Yeah. Can you do better? He's a 2010 guy who wants to be here. He's been a good soldier. Um, he wants to retire here. Likes Cleveland. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't know. And he's dating Kate Box. So what more do you want? Right. You know? <laughs> I, I think um, <clears throat> I thought this about Chris Bosh after LeBron left Miami to come back here. I thought, you know, like he can go back maybe to how he used to be, even though his game has changed, but it was because he was playing with LeBron. I think hopefully 
maybe the athleticism isn't there anymore. Well, not. I mean, like uh, he's gotten older, right? So maybe he's it's older, not going to be like different. the throw and elbows, Kevin Love, right? You know? But we never saw him in the low blocks because he was out in right. the corner to try to free up in the, the lane, playoffs. So we've seen it a little him. bit because we had to, you know. They needed more. They, I, I don't know. Maybe, I, 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 this was one of the big things that I went at with the playoffs. I can't believe Ty Lue was having practices for two, three hours a day or whatever they were practicing, saying, here's what I want you to do. LeBron, take the ball, top of the key, isolate, and we'll go from there. Like, there have got to be plays there. There's got to be more to what Ty Lue wanted to do. I can't believe if there isn't. I mean, I'll be shocked. When they hired Ty Lue, he was the number one assistant in the NBA. He was the highest paid assistant in the NBA. There's more to Ty Lue than what we've seen, For and sure. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, no, that'll be cool because – That doesn't mean championship or playoffs. No. I just want to see what he's all about. Everyone says that, you know, we'll never see – like, obviously this the same LeBron-type era, but they say we'll never see a championship here again for the Cavs. I don't know if that's really true. How can you say that? Yeah, I don't know. You just don't – There's know. a lot of people saying that, though. Not many Clevelanders, but there's a lot of people, you know, saying that Cleveland – It's really easy to say that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, because we've been so long, you know. Yeah, I don't – there's no – give me some teeth to that. Tell me that Cleveland – that the Cavs can never win a championship again? That's ridiculous. That's just stupid. Yeah. That's somebody – I mean, you can't predict that. You can't say, look, are they going to be in a tough spot next year? Yeah, they're in a tough spot, but they're in salary cap hell. That's why, that they can't do this or do that. And, oh, you can't recruit to Cleveland. I don't know if that's true or not. Right. Who did LeBron really recruit in his – Lifetime. Who's he recruited? Uh, well, it was like Kevin Derek Love, Rose, Derek Williams, like all those guys. But... Washed up Derek Rose. Sure. Right. right. AWOL Derek Rose. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really, he's he's got two guys to change teams, two major players. One was Chris Bosh. He got him to go to Miami. Who knows? Chris may have gone to Miami without him. Sure. I don't, I don't know. Drain, drain, Dwayne Wade, yeah. Especially when you're talking about making money in Canada compared to making money in the United States. Um, and then the other one was um, Kevin Love. But it wasn't based on the trade. It was based on the fact that Kevin re-signed because he wanted to play with LeBron. So I thought it was interesting. I, it's just, I mean, and I don't see a whole big rush of guys who aren't ring chasing trying to get to LA right now. Yeah. No, I don't either. And even you know the Demarcus Cousins thing, like he he could have probably went to LA if they offered him anything, but well, no one was offering him stuff. Well, that's what he's saying, and who knows when he's gonna be ready to go? That's he true. may not be ready till January. Do you think it could affect him the way it affected D Rose? Obviously, D Rose had more injuries, but LeBron is the show. So whatever happens around him is is I think players have a hard time adjusting. Isaiah Thomas, hard time adjusting. Um, there are a lot of players that need to change their game. LeBron's not changing his game, so you know um, Jay Crowder is another guy. Good in Boston, struggled here. Good in Utah. Good in Utah. Yeah. So you tell me, what's the difference? It's LeBron. So, yeah. but you, but you pay. You've got to be able to sacrifice your game to go to the finals. Is it worth it? Get more money. I would say, yeah, yeah. right. It's worth it. I was saying, um, the with the Demarcus Cousins injury, do you think it's going to be like you think he'll come back like Paul George, or you think it could affect his career? The ACL. It's a tough injury to come back from. It is. Um, Paul George re- came back from it so quick. Yeah, there's a reason why no one was bidding on him. I think I, if that's true. That's weird, too. You know, he told his agent to call the Warriors. 
Well, good for you. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I mean, look, he's got a chance. They just did that because if they he's could. He <laughs> yeah, if he's healthy. Oh man. Once but, that finally, the happens, Warriors could yeah. go undefeated. Yeah, that's right? true. <laughs> if he's healthy. Yeah. That team could, could five all stars. As long as Steve Kerr doesn't push them to the edge or to the brink, you but know, and they run coach. out of gas. Yeah, he's a great coach. He's kind of a little feisty over the years. Yeah, he has. I remember when he was mad a with the media, even though he was part of the media. Yeah, sort of. Those guys are never guys that Howard um, Howard Howard Cosell talks about that or talked about in his book the jockocracy of sports and how you take former athletes and make them into analysts and then how the analysts don't really <clears throat> jive with guys that have come up with a journalistic approach and it's they, they I mean they can be friends and everything can be good but it's hard to take the player out of the player once they become back in the game or the media or, or change. Do you think that um, how they always take a former athlete and give them like a, like the highest job, you know what I mean? Like they just give them an analyst job like, like right away. Do you think, that, yeah. Do you think that that could, that do you see that as like missed opportunities for a lot of people like you or like, no, your not, I never stuff? felt that way. No, I've always thought that when I do play by play or I'm in a pre or post game position where I have an analyst, my job is to ask questions that people are watch the game want to know. They want to know. Yeah. And this guy's got the perspective to answer it. And so that's why I was thinking it's um that's your job. You're you're a traffic cop. That's not no. And I it sometimes it's weird when that that was the hardest transition for Jeff and I doing radio is that we always had these opinions. We just never said them because we weren't in that position. To say then once radio started, it was imperative that we got our positions out there. Like what the thing is. Otherwise, there's no reason not to be on the radio. <laughs> yeah, like, why are you on the radio? <laughs> you better have some kind of opinion. Yeah. It only takes 30 seconds to tell a fact. Right. What are you going to do for the next three and a half hours? Yeah, so I was going to say, like, when you're when you're speaking on air, does a lot of the things <clears throat> that you say have to be sort of backed by facts that you've read? Not like not like that. Like, it doesn't all Unless have to be Unless you're factual. in a speculation conversation, everything should be backed by facts. Don't, right. Don't try to – you can't rewrite history. Well, I guess you can't. Winners rewrite history. Right? Sure. Um, no, but everything we talk about is based in fact. But the question is, is the fact or like worth the conversation? Yeah. Because yeah. um, like the uh, LeBron trading the, you know, all those players away and then getting those contracts out of L.A. I don't know. I've heard that a couple times, but I don't know if it's like. A is it a fact? That's no. what I'm saying. No. So but, I don't know if you're allowed to say things like that. No, on your but show. What's truthful is that the contracts that came to the Cavaliers opened up cap space for the Lakers to bring in a second max. Okay. All right. That's truthful. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. So people can start thinking about conspiracy. Um, Wendy was on it the second it happened. Uh Oh, look what he just did. Look what just happened. Look, the Cavaliers took, made all these trades and they let Dwayne Wade go back to Miami. And now all of a sudden they've opened the window for the Lakers who realize they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year, and now they've got the space to bring LeBron and bring somebody. It's else. so crazy that we probably all could have missed that. You know, no, like, I, none of us. I mean, I know Jeff and I didn't miss it. We saw it right away. Oh, really? See it? Yeah. Yeah, but because I'm not on the radio. Happen. You know what I mean? I'm not doing sports all day, so that's why I definitely miss it. I was like, oh, this is something for LeBron to stay. Like, yeah. I thought because, like, yeah, they got different players, and it seemed like they were preparing for LeBron leaving. But I actually thought for a second, like. No, this gives them a younger group, gives more energy, maybe like scores and stuff like that. You Stretch know? players. That's what they got. You're right. right. Younger, more athletic. 
guys are getting, and what happened? They made it to the NBA finals. So how disappointing they won the Eastern conference, you know, Yeah. no matter how bad you think the Eastern conference was, they beat Boston and everyone's saying, you know, who look, it could be LeBron against Kyrie in the finals next year. Yeah. So, do you think we'll be like an eighth seed or depends on what they do. If they want to hang on That's to some true. of these guys, we definitely will be an eight, right. seed, eight, eight or seven. And then if they blow it up, they blow it up. Eight seats. The hard part goes back to the draft pick again next year. So they got to figure out a way to do that. Um, New Balance, did you see that they might actually put the a picture of Lindor on the show? Great, I would love that. Uh, um, you know what I was saying? I don't know if there's any way to do a rotating board in there, like the big freeway signs, but especially because there's windows there. I think that would be ultimate. You know, make it into a giant ad, and then you can play movies on it or play games. Imagine if the Indians are in the World Series and they want to play the game on that wall. How much fun would that be? Yeah. You know, to be outside to watch the game up on a wall like that. Have oh. you been to Little Caesars Arena yet? Uh, I have not driven by it. Um, we were supposed to play in a tournament there this year, and it got canceled. There's like there's hockey this plaza. Yeah, because, yeah, hockey. But there, it's a beautiful place, by the way. But I just went there for uh, me and my girlfriend went to the Harry Styles concert. But, oh, fun. Yeah, but outside there's like this huge plaza that's kind of like smaller than, you know, in between the queue and the, and, uh, the Indians. But right. – um, there's like this just huge TV, like on this bridge almost. And you, you know, that'd be so awesome for like watch parties. It's a huge space. Like many people can stand there. And like, I, I wish to, like, yeah, right. Like they would do something Wouldn't like that. Wouldn't it be awesome that. if they could do that? I don't know if there's enough space, space right to there. stand yeah. around. That's the, the problem. Maybe yeah. they would close those streets down, but it's a pretty It'd be a party, street. wouldn't it? It'd be a great party if they started playing games up there and they, and they, did all those things, especially with the nucleus building going in across the street from uh, from the queue, if that ever makes it in there. So, and I think they're on. They're still a go for that. So. Yeah. Oh wait. So what's that like? The so there's a big. Um, I think it's Stark is the builder, and I don't know if you get a chance just look. Is it that up where like, they're gonna put that Shake Shack in downtown Cleveland, possibly? Uh, maybe I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't. All I know is if if you go and just Google CLE nucleus. Um, stores and yeah, that's just a really is. unique yeah. building, really unique looking building that would be right across the street from the queue that's in the parking lot. That's going to be cool. Yeah, it's going to be awesome if they build it, and it's going to be a signature building for the city. This is what they really want to do with it. And I, I, to me, it's it's exciting because like, I've done a bunch of radio shows, um, and people are like, well, LeBron's leaving. How bad is it going to hurt the city? And I'm like, city's on an uptick. You know, there's They'll a lot of Nike ads and stuff. Right. But where are we losing money? Okay, so maybe you've got less fans going to the queue, and uh, maybe people won't come down to the games earlier. I don't know, because if you're still coming to the game, there's still 41 home dates there that are still going to be at the queue. The queue's being renovated. Um, there's still a lot of events that could be coming in. Maybe you lose, instead of having 16 playoff games, you have none, or you have two, or four, or five. I mean, you could fill those with concert dates now. You could do a lot of things yeah. uh, with the queue that you weren't able to do. Gladiators will be back next summer. I think they're coming back next summer. So, um, you know, it's about dates and having events and filling the venue and, you know, whatever they can do to do it. Who knows? Maybe we'll get more concerts. It'll be kind of fun. Yeah, that'd be great because like I have to go out to, like, Detroit and Columbus all the time for concerts. Like, I mean, they're smaller, like, well, not hairstyles, but, like, most of the big artists don't really come here. In all honesty, the giant artists come here. Yeah, the giant ones, but like on a lower level, like ones just below them, like they don't really come here. And Beyonce and Jay Z only are coming here because they get to do the 
the Brown Stadium now, which is right. insane. I can't imagine how well sound travels. I've never been to a concert there, but I've never been to a concert there either. So <laughs> most of them have only. I think there's only been four so far. <clears throat> Or there will be four. There's been One four Direction, coming. right? And then there's been country concerts. Yeah. Or Luke Bryan. Yeah. And then there's gonna be Taylor Swift, and then there's Jay Z and Beyonce. Did they do a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert there once too, or so? I don't. Know. I think I don't, so. I don't know. Yeah. Just... They do like this. They did this like uh, alternative press. Uh, that that magazine. Right. They, they did an AP like concert there. They had a free concert right outside of the. Thing. I hope they. I hope they build more stuff on the pier. Like they already got that residential. Yeah, that's neat. The restaurant down there isn't bad too. Um, Nuevo. Yeah, been there before. Um, okay. You know, there's a lot of things they can do. If they, if they ever decide to get rid of the airport, there's a ton of things they can do down there. Is that like a, is that a thought that people have? Is I think a lot of people would love to see the airport gone. Really? Burke. I mean, what's it? Yeah. Well, you don't fly out of Burke unless you have your own plane, really. Yeah, that or there's. A, I mean, there's a couple small airlines in there. When. I, it's just a, you look at Chicago and what they've been able to do on their lakefront and say, why can't we do the same thing? And yeah. I think a lot of people are like that Navy pier. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why we can't have that here. I, I mean, I know there's, you know, there's some shipping things going on down there. Uh, Port of Cleveland's there. And there are a lot of things that could be changed over there. But as the city grows and younger people want to live in the city now, I think it's, and you got boomers too, that are coming back down their kids, families that had kids, um, they went to college and now they want to move back downtown because they're they just don't want all the land and they don't want the upkeep so they'll buy a condo downtown. I'd love to live downtown. It's beautiful downtown. Yeah, if you didn't have kids, I think it'd be great. Sure. Just, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm 22, so yeah, that's why I say you're you know, in a great spot. Man. Right. <laughs> I would. I know my nephews. Uh, my one nephew moved back downtown after he graduated from Ohio State. He lived right across the street from here, so uh, from the radio station. So, um, it, it's a. Uh, um, I love it. I mean, I love the energy love of the city too. right now. We had no energy in the city when I was a kid. No. You know, to be honest with you, the energy of the city when I was a kid was begging my dad to drive up Prospect. And, like, I bet you don't even know what Prospect was known for when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Prospect was where um, all the hookers were. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Prospect was known for that. Really? You know, in the 70s, we'd go, you'd go to the Indians game at night. I'd be like, Dad, let's drive up Prospect. Let's drive up Prospect. They'd be like, what? And I'd be like, so we can count. Because, I mean... It was just weird. You drive up Prospect, and there were like prostitutes all over the place. And you just, and I remember I was laughing with my dad, and was, my dad was like, "Oh well, whatever." Whatever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not like he's buying any. <laughs> yeah, not especially not with me in the car. Yeah, right. Or my mom. Or no, like yeah, you're or like, my mom and would kill him. For sure. Time, so, <laughs> um, I think like a lot of people still come down here for the Indians games too. There's always people walking around, going to the bars before the games and everything. And yeah, you know, we got Barrio, we got all this stuff, and I love Cleveland, but. When you travel, where's your favorite place to travel? Um, especially when I was traveling with the Indians. Um, I love going to Toronto. Really? Yeah, Toronto was great. Chicago was great. It, a lot of it depends on where you're staying. Kansas City, really underrated and a great place to go. I love really? going to Kansas City. Um, Tampa was good because um, we got to stay at the Vinoy. It was just a really neat place. There wasn't there wasn't a ton of things to do in St. Pete, but um yeah do, do, do you there. ever go west whether it was with teams oh with yeah yourself like yeah you know? no i mean i've done spring training like god i think i've done spring training 10 times or i don't even how long have they been in arizona i think probably I've only, that many i think times. i've only missed it once once or, i missed it this year but i'm trying to think of the last time i missed the spring training you like arizona yeah it's you know you can Hot. see where there's a ton of room to grow it's always great to go there for spring training too 
Um, they've got a lot of really cool things going on, and it's nice, but it's not, uh, you know, it's still, it's still, it's it's Arizona, and it's just like it's it's dry. The weather's way better than it is here, but um, it's like 110 just, degrees. It's so <laughs> spread out. It's so spread out. Um, Seattle's a great city. I, I love. I always Seattle. wanted to go to Seattle. Minneapolis is really good town. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to the new stadium yet, but I'd love to go there. Um, spent a lot of time in Minneapolis. Philadelphia is very underrated. Yeah, in my I, opinion. I, I just haven't spent a lot of time in Philly. Too. That's the so key. Boston's a fun town too. You know, in all honesty, this is how I think people think of Cleveland. But when I got to Philly, like this is how I feel like visitors are when they get to Cleveland. They're like, that's it. And then you stay for a couple days or like a week or whatever, and you're like, wow, this is actually amazing. I think it takes time to like for Philly and Cleveland for people to get the culture of it. Well, I mean, sometimes you if you take the perspective of an athlete that's coming to town. So if you're a football player, you literally know nothing about Cleveland. You come in, you fly in, you probably have a walkthrough, you go back to the hotel, you eat, you're in meetings the whole time. And they're probably at Hilton. You right wake there. up in the morning and then you end up going to the game, play the game and you leave. There's no like there's very little freedom for a football player that's coming here. And there's only what eight teams a year that actually do come here or 10, if you want to come free season. Sure. Um, with baseball, those guys get a chance to camp out and sit here for a little while, whether they're staying at the Marriott or they're at the Ritz or, or the nines. I don't know where they're, you know, where they're staying or where a lot of teams stay at this point, but they get a chance to kind of see the city a little bit. They, I mean, the casino made a difference because it gave guys an opportunity to go somewhere that they wouldn't have been able to do before. Um, but baseball players are the ones who actually get to sink their teeth into the city because yeah. there is downtime. There's stuff to do in the morning. Um, there's stuff to do all the time. Um, basketball is also, you know, you're in for one day, you're out the next. So yeah, that's true. What is yeah, there to the do? baseball is always the series. Well, even like players that are on our team now, like um, I don't know if he's like the backup tight end or whatever, but um, Devin, could you say? Do you know him for the Browns? Yeah. So um, he. Um, he was in at the Apple store and he's from like New York. Okay. And he came over cause uh, the people who were in green Bay, cause he was, at right, 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 green, right, they right. brought him over. Right. Um, but he um, said, you know, being from New York, I didn't expect to like Cleveland at all. And like, and then he's like, I've been here now. And he's like, I love this place. There's so much to do. And I was like, that's great to hear that. Cause people 10 years ago probably wouldn't, wouldn't have said, said that, that, but a lot of the things are still there. I mean, there's a lot of untapped things that we know about that, I, no one, I mean, no one talks about having a national park 10 minutes from downtown. Yeah, and I can really 15 go there minutes too. and, you know, to go do the towpath. And uh, um, there's so much to explore there. So that's why I haven't seen, like, I yeah. can't say I've seen Have it. Have you ever done the towpath? Yeah. Oh, man. I just, I love that. I just, you know, and the metro parks are awesome. And I don't know that everybody fully utilizes all those and um, how much fun they are. And the, I mean, the river's pretty awesome. You can do a ton of things here. The only thing that sucks in Cleveland is the weather, and it's it's not it's not even the weather, it's that we have so many cloudy days during the winter. The inconsistency of the weather is the main thing. Yeah, I mean, I lived in Montana where it's cold, but we, the sun would shine, and it just changes like your Colorado. Yeah, it just changes your perspective. I mean, it would be cold. I mean, really cold. But it's sunny, so you, you don't actually, you forget about it. Yeah, I do. I'm a, I'm a psychology major, and like d darkness is like a huge factor it's ridiculous it's like people who are in intensive care in the hospital and they're in there for months man it's like prime real estate to be near a window because your body is adjusting to the sun and, and not having sun 
and you know it's like if you're ever not that you ever want to be in the hospital but right. you better make sure you have a window in your room because you don't want to forget what day it is yeah i feel like it's non-ethical like to not have a window if you're gonna be in there for like a week or two you know well you don't know i mean especially if you're going into uh you go into icu you just they're trying to do the best job they can for you so. that's true that's another thing about the city is the is medical. the medical yeah, yeah. like it because we've gone from being a steel industry to completely medical and technology now um you know i look at i lost my brother i don't know i lost him uh, it's been 13 years now and he had cystic fibrosis and you know, I don't know if people realize how important the clinic and UH are. and I know sometimes they seem like factories and sometimes you might feel like you're a number, but I know that because of rainbow, my brother who had cystic fibrosis when you were first born, they were expected to maybe live, you know, eight years. If you're lucky, you're lucky to make it to five. And my brother passed away at 46 and, um, he made it to 46 because we had UH here. That's a and long had, time for CF. Yeah, and we had great doctors. Now, CF, you know, I still do a lot of stuff with fundraising. And, you know, we, we do have geriatric care now. And we have drugs like Kaladico and these new drugs that are really helping out cystic fibrosis patients. We've got Dr. Drum, who's at uh, UH and Case. And just, I mean, a, a leading authority on, you know, genetics and how to change the world by research and, and trying to help people with, um, you know, chromosomal uh, diseases that hopefully can be repaired or, or fixed or, or just changing the world. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of amazing things that are going on every day that don't get the, the pub or the, the highlights that sports do. And yeah. They deserve to be looked at. No, you're right. And um, CF is, is pretty crazy because the research and everything that's gone into it and even like the last like 10 15 years from my outside perspective is is amazing how do you know anybody too yeah. yeah my friend um that i went to high school with had it and mm -hmm. what i was going to say is what's crazy is when she was 18 she got diagnosed with it like it, that they found it then for some reason well, i don't know if that's because most times you should know right away i mean right. or maybe she knew when she was younger but right. i remember her it wasn't affecting starting her. to tell everybody yeah right. and it started affecting that her makes sense age. that makes a lot she started telling everyone and, and then that was affecting her at that age too but when she she was told that she probably wasn't going to live until 26 right and Which now is amazing. her age is like 35 right and so it just keeps going up and that's really awesome to see and it's all research it's all the money that's raised for cystic fibrosis is done you know on local levels or there's a national cystic yeah. fibrosis board but you know one of the problems and my brother wrote a chapter in the book cystic fibrosis in the 20th century that you know part of the problem with cystic fibrosis is not enough people have it and so big drug manufacturers don't want to put their research money into it to try to come up with a cure for cystic fibrosis where a lot of the money is coming back and it's put I'm like 90 uh, I think it's 90 percent of every dollar raised for cystic fibrosis goes right back to CF research and that's why we've been able to make strides in trying to find a cure for cystic fibrosis so um, we still got a ways to go Kaladico was the beginning and we're just starting to hit the tip of the iceberg on changing lives to making cystic fibrosis uh, an instant death killer to uh, something that you can live with for, the, for your entire life and live a full, normal expectancy life. Someone that people that are listening, they've just found out about it. What are ways that you know off top that people can help like donate? Well, I mean, you can always go to the cystic fibrosis uh, website, cff.org. Um, there's always, you know, we do a golf tournament at Firestone every year. Uh, we've raised more than $2 million since my brother passed away. Um, that's one. There's, there's, 
there's always something you do. Great Strides is a, a big, huge fundraiser for cystic fibrosis research, and um, uh, and those are easy to find. You just go on the website and find those. And um, you know, we do a lot of events. I am see a lot of events too. Um, Chef's Fantasy, which is one of the coolest things we do all year. Um, we've done. Uh, we did comedy for a cure one year. We haven't done that in a while, but there what are just, was, what there, is that though? What was comedy for a cure? Yeah. Um, when the Hard Rock was open, we had the stage and we brought in a couple comedians and um, just had a good time. I was gonna say I didn't know if it was like a yeah. sign up event, you know, because no. I, I also do stand up too. So I was oh, like, well, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, if you have a passion and you're trying to raise money and you know a couple other stand ups, do comedy for a cure. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Let's try to find the cure for something. Yeah. I can't wait till one day where I don't have to talk about cystic fibrosis anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's my dream, you know. And then I also do a lot of stuff with LifeBank. Um, my brother was a recipient of lungs, and I've always felt like someone. Uh, we know that the lungs came from Cincinnati. There's a family in Cincinnati that was grieving while we were praying that the lungs would work. And like I've always thought about that family. I've never met them. Don't know anything about them, but I do know that. You know that somewhere someone lost someone that that loved them and that they loved and it was the opportunity for my brother to have a chance to get lungs and while some people could say you know he was in the hospital for five months and <clears throat> passed away when it was all said and done who knows if he would have made it one more day before the surgery so it gave me five months to sit down and yeah realize how much i love my brother and right you know i think it's one of those things that you just you take for granted when you're living day by day and then when someone's not there you're like Oh, like I lost my dad a year ago and there have been so many times over the last, like even three, four weeks where I'm like, I'm going to call. Oh man, I can't call my dad. Yeah. You know, it's just a weird feeling. Yeah. It's, but I know he's, he's listening or he's thinking there. I know oh, what he would think. So yeah. And it's he's, crazy. he's probably really happy with you and everything. Yeah. It's, um, it's, um, it's pretty cool to have this job and, and know that your dad was able to watch you and see you and, and my mom too. And, and my kids and my wife and my brother, you know, my sister and, all of our family so we're a pretty tight family yeah so before we go uh do you want to like tag your social media that everyone can get you on yeah so it's andy underscore baskin and then uh i'm on facebook but my facebook page is weird it's one of those sure. things where I, it was mine and then i made the mistake of letting the tv station kind of run it for a little bit and then and then it became a fan page and mm -hmm. so i can't do on facebook that's yeah same with mark it sucks yeah. it just sucks so um, but uh, Twitter is the best way. I'm on Instagram too. So Andy underscore Baskin. So and then Baskin and Phelps is at what time? Ten to two. Um, every, uh, ninety-two pretty much every day. Right? Every, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Um, and then I'm also on Stadium Sports, um, which is a up and comer when it comes to these new channels that are kind of starting to evolve on uh, on the web. So um, and, and that's been fun. I love doing. I have a little studio in my basement and. I do hits and talk yeah. about Cleveland sports with these guys in Chicago. And it's they, weird doing like stuff at home, right? Yeah. You know, it's cool. It's like I love so it. comfortable, you, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's, I was just reading the story about ghosting. And first I thought it was people who don't have to go into the office to work. And then I realized that like, there's this huge trend of people who take jobs and never show up. Wow. I'm like, how do you do that in this day and age? So yeah, crazy. All right. But we'll thank get you out for of your here. time. I appreciate talking and chatting. Of course, man. Anytime you want to do this, let me know. All right.